0: started somebody was like so what are you getting your masters in oh cultural safety cultural safety huh can you get a job doing that doing something <laughs> with that and i remember saying god willing i hope so
1: <laughs> so what it means to me is bringing a voice to people who maybe don't have a voice people that come into our health units and our health centers that don't have a voice they don't feel like they could be safe or they don't feel like they could be heard. And I feel like that's exactly why I came here, to do this work. And our team is
2: just this amazing, passionate group of people, quite approachable. We definitely like to have a good sense of humor, (laughs) but also, you know, we're okay sitting down and and having in-depth conversations.
3: Hello and welcome back to Interior Voices, an Interior Health podcast series where we explore the intersection of health and culture in the workplace, our everyday lives, and patient care. I'm Beth Blue, communication support for Aboriginal Health. In Episode 7, Vanessa, Chris, and Sheila trace the evolution of Interior Health's cultural safety program, and Vanessa interviews cultural safety team members Rachel Cutler and Stacy Churchill. So while we are here with
0: Vanessa Mitchell, we have a great opportunity to talk about the Aboriginal Cultural Safety
4: Education Program. And I think one of the things when I first started with the organization was I was told this is Vanessa Mitchell's program, and she developed it from the ground up. So I think it's really neat to hear from you in terms of where this program came from, how did it develop, what was the impetus for developing it, and we'd love to hear more about what this program is. Yes,
0: definitely exciting. So I joined Interior Health in 2015. So before that, a lot of work went into even creating the position. Now that I've developed my own positions, I know there's a lot of pre-work that goes into that. So the briefing notes and the conversations and just knowing that a lot of people with federal aboriginal in their in their job title have definitely been doing the work of cultural safety. So I want to raise my hands to Aboriginal patient navigators, Aboriginal leads, and other folks with uh, the title Aboriginal in there, they're definitely doing the work around cultural safety and never want to take away from that. I think in 2015 it was really about formalizing an actual position to really integrate cultural safety education into interior health. And I know at that time there was also a declaration of cultural safety and humility that was being signed within the province with all of the CEOs of the health authorities including Ministry of Health and First Nations Health Authority, of course. And so there was really some momentum going, and under the leadership and the support from the leadership, Aboriginal Health was able to move forward and have a cultural safety educator position. Just a short personal segment, I was Mm -hmm. actually doing my master's in cultural safety, and I had begun that in 2013. And I remember when I first started, somebody was like, so what are you getting your master's in? Oh, cultural safety. Cultural safety, huh? Can you get a job doing that, doing something (laughs) with that? And I remember saying, "God willing, I hope so." (laughs) And then 2015, I saw this job posting. A few folks had emailed me and messaged me and said, "Hey, check this out." And so I, you know, threw my name in the hat. And at the time, I will say, IH was very intimidating because I'd worked for a lot of nonprofits within my communities and within my nation, and you know, just this institution alone is vast. And so threw my name in the hat and here i am how many years later and from that i was able to really look at what does cultural safety education look like within the health authority and how do i hold space you know i was really conscientious about how do i hold space in this very large institution of health right mainstream institution of health as opposed to in nonprofits or in community organizations And so 2016 was really seen as my pilot year where I went out and I held space for a day and I formatted it very specifically and I took a lot of learnings from that and there was a whole evaluation and now we have the new Part 1, Part 2 curriculum which is very different from the one that I did in 2016. So for those who participated with me in 2016, that was considered the pilot year and all the new education is now considered the foundational. You know, I'm happy to say that that was developed in collaboration with the SONYA's team. So SONYA's is the Provincial Health Services Authority Indigenous Cultural Safety Program. So shout out to those folks and thank you so much um, for that collaboration. So oftentimes I'll get a lot of questions of, you know, is this just a repeat of SONYA's? And absolutely not. SONYA's has been definitely leading the way in doing this work at a provincial level. And because this was developed in collaboration, it is certainly that extension from and that ongoing journey, because we really refer to this as a journey to cultural safety. And the way I kind of think about it is uh, Sonia's does that really good provincial federal bird's eye view, and Interior Health is doing the interior region bird's eye view. Knowing that even myself, as I identify as Okanagan and somebody from the interior with family ties to multiple Interior First Nations, I by no means am representing those communities. I am very conscientious that I work for Interior Health and so it's, it's my job to give that interior region lens, but it's so important for that messaging to come from the nations and from the communities themselves, you know, thinking of First Nations, urban and Métis, to really situate that to place, because that's one of my theories, is cultural safety, you need to situate it to place, because actually its roots of cultural safety comes from New Zealand with the Maori people, which is very, Different as a landmass, never mind as a people. Even though there are certain similarities around the colonial narrative and and sorts, we really need to situate it to place and know who are the Aboriginal peoples, where we live, work, and play, and how does that impact and what is that colonial narrative? And so now, fast forward to this year, and I'm happy to say I'm no longer a team of one. (laughs) (laughs) It is no longer the (laughs) Vanessa Mitchell show, which I'm happy to say and. I'm so glad that you mentioned that, because I often say, I know that it's often referred to as Vanessa's program, but that's because I was the only one here. (laughs) (laughs) So now I really want it to be our program, and I have an amazing team, very new. I've had a second educator with me since May of last year, so she is now the the veteran person. (laughs) And just in recent December, I've had two other educators join me and an admin assistant, which I'm so grateful to have in admin support. And then in January, our knowledge facilitator joined. So super excited on how this is growing. Overwhelming for sure, but exciting all the same. And um, continuing to always think back to the original, how do we hold space? And how exciting for interior health that the seeds that you planted in 2015, the time that you took in 2016, to see the growth now, right? The sprout, so to speak. Taking hold, and now that there's this team to benefit our colleagues and help them on their journeys to cultural safety.
4: And I think I love what you said about it's not just a replacement or the same as the Sanyas course. I think there's opportunities in all these different areas of learning that you know it's not a check mark. And I, I did it once, I don't have to do it again. But there's really a difference between the Sanyas program and there's a difference between your program and you know Indigenous Canada from Alberta. And there's there's all these different areas of space w- and learning that they're not duplications of each other, they're a pathway of learning, right? And it's it's what piece of the pathway are you on?
0: Absolutely, super excited for the future and, and always cognizant that, you know, even us holding these positions in interior health is a privilege because a lot of work went in for generations for us to even be sitting within interior health from our ancestors and our community members who have made sure that the doors were open in the institution of interior health and, and other institutions. So always mindful of that and you know, it's also a good self-reflection because even though um, we might not always see the fruits of our labor right away because this is a journey and people have their aha moments at different points and places, I'm very hopeful that, you know, the work that's being foundational ensures that none of our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren in the future, Aboriginal or non-Aboriginal, have to continue to have this conversation on how we can build better and stronger relationships.
4: I love this moment of looking back, too, because I know you've had, I think, a couple of those moments recently of looking back even a year ago or three years ago, and so it's so exciting to see what could happen in a year or three years from now. Now that you have a team and now that you have more educators, I can only imagine the growth that's going to happen in the next year, three years, five years. It's very exciting.
0: Definitely, and I'm super excited for what the new staff have to offer, too, because it's such an amazing, vast array of skill sets, so... Happy to no longer be just a team of Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) So excited to have you part of this podcast with our whole team. The question that I'm going to start with you first, of course, is please tell the listeners a bit about yourself and what was the journey that led you to this role?
2: Thanks, Vanessa. Uh, My name is Rachel Cutler. I am the Senior Administrative Assistant for the Journey to Aboriginal Cultural Safety Program here within Interior Health. So I originally started in healthcare a few years back, more in a holistic and naturopathic sense, Mm. and I've been in the Okanagan for about a year and a half to almost two years now, and that's when I started with interior health and mental health and substance use and then as well as in audiology, and I was really passionate about this role particularly in that it really speaks to equitable health for all improving healthcare for aboriginal peoples is definitely a right and for me it's not about understanding a symptom necessarily or a disease it's about understanding the individual mm-hmm. and how their health relates to their treatment mm. and that's a, a
0: little bit of what brought you to the new role now
2: definitely yes my passion
0: for that mm-hmm. mm. awesome thank you So the next piece I want to reach out to you about is, you know, a lot of times we talk about allyship or the need for allies or the importance of allies within cultural safety. So when we're looking at that, I wanted to bring the question to yourself is, what does it mean to be an ally?
2: So many things, Um, (laughs) to be honest. But really to have an understanding of an individual, whether that be past, present or future, and to share a common respect and to unite for a common goal and to feel a conversation. And sometimes conversations might be a little bit easier than others, a little bit difficult, a little bit more heartfelt. But again, to carry that respect through that conversation toward that shared vision for the future.
0: Mm, Excellent. And your office is based out of?
2: I am based out of the Vernon Health Unit, and we, myself and Vanessa, work here directly, but we do have team members spread throughout the interior region. Mm -hmm. And you
0: definitely provide supports to our entire team. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. So I know that in your sharing that you're very much talking about the relationship piece, so just taking that another step further and knowing that allies can definitely build that relationship with Indigenous colleagues, within Indigenous communities. What is another way to talk about allyship when allies are maybe sitting at tables where there is no Indigenous person represented at the table? However, they as an ally can certainly bring that voice forward. So is there anything you can share there?
2: I think it's just encouraging conversation Mm. and recognizing that we are all at very different or can be at very different stages with, through our journey to Aboriginal cultural safety or just cultural safety in general and that you know sometimes I know may not be the same as what another individual might know or my journey might look very different from another's journey. We have a lot of individuals that are just starting out in their journey to Aboriginal cultural safety so in that learning specific things like in our, our basic modules um, through our ILEARNS and that teaches is a lot of the foundation and the base to cultural safety but can continue that growth going forward so for me being an ally means that I'm open to questions and conversation where that conversation leads is to be determined depending on the individual that is approaching that conversation Mm -hmm. and the conversation is beautiful and it can be organic and as detailed as the individual wants it to be again it's about each individual's journey And where they're ready to go with that. Mm, Thank you.
0: And I know you've been on a journey
2: as well around even how we situate our place within the
0: cultural safety journey. So, you know, when we think about how we introduce ourselves, I noticed we had conversations at the beginning and, you know, exploring identity, and I've noticed a transition. So, are you able to share with folks a little bit of that journey
2: for yourself? Definitely. I think it really began before really knowing what the term cultural safety meant. And again, the forefront being respect for every individual, no matter what their choice is in regards to healthcare. For me, coming into this program, there was some details that were relatively new. For example, self-identification. Myself, I am not an Aboriginal person. Mm. However, I do come from two very different ethnicities. And understanding what that means. And so originally, I didn't really understand the full back piece to that. And I had the amazing opportunity to have a conversation with Dr. Cheryl Ward. She is one of the people that's directly involved with our Sanyas program. For more information about that, I'm sure you can follow up with any one <laughs> of us here at the uh, Aboriginal Cultural Safety Team. And the thing about that is there's no real right or wrong way to self-identify. It's about what you are comfortable with in your journey. Mm. And for me, Dr. Cheryl Ward was able to give me a little bit of material for me to really sit and reflect and understand where I sit and where my place is in a colonial narrative or an indigenous narrative or through an indigenous lens. Mm-hmm. And in the last few months I've felt quite comfortable now identifying as a white settler coming from two different ethnicities. And understanding that I do reside in the Silks Nation, which is an unceded territory. And those are questions that I welcome, you know, anyone to come and approach me and ask me about in order to better understand your journey.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing about your journey. That was really good and really important and really insightful for folks to know that it is a journey and it doesn't just happen overnight mm-hmm. and that you reached out and accessed knowledgeable people to help you on that journey even beyond our program which is lovely and I totally agree Dr. Shell Ward within the province of BC anyways is definitely leading the way through the PHSA ICS program and I am so grateful that you encouraged listeners that if they wanted to reach out to you and have further discussions that you're open to that. That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah, So thank you for that. I'm glad I was able to um, pull that back together.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so the last
0: question that I have is really around reconciliation. Truth and reconciliation is really prominent within Canada and the discussions are occurring and there's all sorts of dialogue around truth and reconciliation. But bringing it home here is you know, as you're on this journey, how do you define reconciliation in this space we call Canada?
2: I think that we tend to hear the word reconciliation quite a bit, whether it be, you know, within our workplace or media or politics. And I think a lot of the times it can have a a different meaning depending who you ask. So I thank you for inviting that question. For me, reconciliation really means coming together, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, understanding that coming together with open dialogue is also extremely important and really, really hearing each other because words come from the heart Mm -hmm. and it's important that we are respecting those words and coming together in that open dialogue. And then understanding the purpose of reconciliation and to understand that it is to encourage proactive growth and to encourage that respect, to unite for that common goal. And to really, to focus on the good. There, there can definitely be a lot of conversation that can lead one way or the other. But again, focusing on the good and being open to discussions, I think, is, is really what reconciliation can be. And almost
0: being vulnerable to being open to those discussions and dialogues. Because dialogue can sometimes ask us to reflect on ourselves and what might be coming up for us and how words land. Exactly.
2: And understanding that this dialogue may be most beneficial in a safe environment. So where all parties are are really opening their hearts for any discussion that might come up, and that you know there may be triggers, um, meaning that you know we we have things um, or words or conversation that that might really deeply affect us. Mm-hmm. And again, having that vulnerability and opening ourselves is is not always an easy thing. So encouraging that safe environment, I think, is very important when in any discussion really, but especially around reconciliation.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I like that because that really speaks to that this isn't just the work of Aboriginal peoples to do. Definitely. Yeah, our allies and um, non-Indigenous communities have a place in that conversation as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. No, thank you. And I just wanted to close to find out is there anything else that you'd like to add to this conversation that you've been reflecting on and that I maybe didn't ask?
2: Just back to the piece about self-identification. Again, I invite any questions... But I think it's about really understanding, again, where you are at. And I think for me, being part of this program, I was one of the first individuals that didn't self-identify. And the reason for me, really was because I didn't want to disrespect any sort of terminology or any sort of narrative. And to really sit with those words and the information that I was able to receive from Dr. Cheryl Ward and to understand what those words encompassed and what they actually mean before self-identifying. And secondly, I encourage anyone to, to speak with our team members. Again, we have team members based throughout the interior one of our educators in Williams Lake. Uh, We have an educator out of the KHS building in Kelowna, out of Penticton, and we do have our knowledge facilitator based out of Kelowna as well. And our team is just this amazing, passionate group of people, quite approachable. We definitely like to have a good sense of humor, but also, you know, we're okay sitting down and and having in-depth conversations. So I do encourage our audience to to ask any questions to the team that they might have, to go on to iLearn, To look into the sessions and even if you are taking an in-class session if you do have questions i encourage you to approach our educators because they are such a knowledgeable bunch of people and above and beyond that we have our aboriginal health department and they are based all over the region as well but these are great individuals again very passionate um, very resourceful so, so don't hesitate to contact anyone within our department if you do have any questions about the program or just about Aboriginal health in general and maybe how we can be allies together or how we can collaborate with the work that you're doing within Interior Health.
0: Excellent. What a great message to wrap up on. Thank you so much and thank you for taking the time. I think it's so important that everybody with an Interior Health get a chance to hear from each of our team members, so I'm really glad that we were able to have this time together.
2: Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for connecting, Vanessa.
0: Hi, Stacy. I'm hoping that you can tell the listeners a bit about yourself and what was the journey that led you to this role.
1: My name is Stacey Turcotte, and I am an Aboriginal Cultural Safety Educator. I was born and raised in Waymes Lake and I descend from the Shuswap Nation. My late grandfather, Ivan Bowie was an all-around cowboy, and my late grandmother, Helena Sellers, she's registered with the Soda Creek Indian Band. So I'm registered there as well. I decided to register under my grandmother. Currently, I live in the karabucho Coton region, and I love the outdoors, and spending time with my family and friends. And on a side note, I'm a coffee connoisseur. <laughs> But other than that, I want to talk a little bit about how did I get here? So first of all, I started my journey on education and I decided I wanted to be an early childhood educator when I was in my early 20s. Mm. So I spent a lot of time working as an early childhood educator within our First Nations communities. Mm -hmm. I worked on reserve and off reserve in urban settings alongside all of our communities. I've worked within the province of British Columbia As well as I moved on and I thought, okay, I want something more. And I decided I was going to go into social work because I've always been a helper. Naturally, Mm. I am a helper. And beyond helping, I still believe education is really important. So I want to pursue a higher education. So I went to the Nicola Valley Institute of Technology out of Merit and received my BSW. And after that, I decided I'm going to keep going and do something amazing. (laughs) And I worked more in our communities, and I worked with family and children again for some time. And I decided there's still more work to be done, and I just love education. So this job posting came up at Interior Health, and I thought, what is this? I need to know more. (laughs) And I read about it, and I read about it, and I thought, cultural safety, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to teach people about our people Mm. and how we can all be safe. That's awesome.
0: If you could take the opportunity to share with us what cultural safety means to you.
1: So what it means to me is bringing a voice to people who maybe don't have a voice. People that come into our health units and our health centers that don't have a voice. They don't feel like they could be safe or they don't feel like they could be heard. And I feel like that's exactly why I came here, to do this work, to be able to help educate our colleagues, our fellow staff, and our communities and people that where we live and work, right here in the interior. Definitely, thank you for that. And th- that brings me to the
0: next question. You know, we hear a lot of terminology, cultural safety being one of them, cultural humility is also another term that we hear. So what does cultural humility mean to you?
1: more importantly humility means to me to walk my walk mm. and to talk what i talk many years ago my grandmother instilled in my heart sister you have work to do one day you will do our work and when you do you need to be humble go do that work in a good way sister and i would say yes Ka,
3: i will
0: Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for sharing a bit about your grandmother.
3: Thank you for listening to Episode 7 of Interior Voices. Visit our website at interiorhealth.ca slash interiorvoices for links to additional information about cultural safety. Please join us again on April 16th when we meet with Michelle McFarland, Rose Melnick, and Judy Sturm for a celebration of Indigenous nurses. If you have questions or comments about today's podcast you can email us at interiorvoices at interiorhealth.ca we'd love to hear from you and don't forget interior voices is now available on itunes
0: did that make sense
4: yes it made a lot of sense <laughs>
0: Hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, just, we're just
0: soaking in your words here.
3: <laughs> I, I, I truly am sitting here going, okay, ladies. <laughs> Tell me more. I'm on it.